What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 80 of the Hell of Ass Fast Fishing Podcast. Today, a little bit different topic. We're going to talk with Dana Carlson all about getting into bass fishing, getting into a bass club, getting into tournament fishing, and her path, her journey. Answer a lot of questions. I get a lot of questions about, you know, how do I get into tournament fishing? How do I get into bass club? We answer all those and a whole lot more in a fun, uh, good, high-energy podcast. Hope you enjoy the episode. This week, the Hell of Ass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. All right, here we are. Another Hellabass Live on Wednesday night. How's it going, Dana? It's going. How's it going? Oh, living the dream. That's right. Recovering from the, the bass and bender that was 12 days fishing in a row uh, after the state tournament. So <laughs> getting my life back in order. Um, let me know in the chat, anybody that's watching on Facebook or YouTube, how's the audio, uh, for both Dana and I, and then we'll start talking about what we're going to get into and, uh, answer a few questions Let's see Darius. I see YouTube cuz see Chad, uh, let us know how it sounds before we get too far and nobody can hear us. All right. Chad says we sound good. <clears throat> Chad's the authority. All right. Uh, all right. So tonight, what I really wanted to cover and, and why I brought Dana Carlson on is to, I should really turn up my phone notifications a little louder. That'd be good. Um, is to talk about like, what does it take? She, so really, Dana jumped into competitive bass fishing tournaments, clubs, all that stuff about two years ago. And I get a ton of questions all the time, like, how do you get into tournament fishing? What's 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 tournament fishing about? How do you get into it if I'm new? Um, you know, and we're going to talk about Dana's background and how she got into it, why she got into it, and uh, all that. And then talk about your experiences, like what you learned and what, you know what was good about it, what was, you know, different, what did you, you know, what you didn't expect, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to learn all about that and, and talk about that um, tonight. So that's going to be the, the gist of the show. Um, before we get in too far, um, looks like we got a few new viewers that uh, <laughs> Ashley says, hi, Dana. Hey. Um, but want to make sure we thank Arsenal Fishing for supporting the channel, supporting the show without them. The channel's not as good. Uh, you can make sure you check out some of their great apparel, some of their scissors, their tools, things like that. They got a lot of great stuff at Arsenal Fishing, some good baits. Um, and you can use code HELLABASS15 uh, and help yourself and help the channel. So I know you, you probably don't like buy random fishing tackle all the time or anything like that, do you, Dana? <laughs> uh, yeah, I might. <laughs> I got to try everything once at nice. least. Nice. All right. All right. What's up, Gary? Good to see you. Oh, John, we can we can touch upon uh, John's state tournament experience as well uh, a little bit, maybe. I think he's going on uh, Doug's podcast either later this week or next week to talk about his uh, his fun boat ride on day two. So yeah, um, 
<laughs> and I think Chad yeah. is as well. So Chad Innings and, and John are both going on. So that'll be a good one. Nice. Um, so back, I love this. Backlash Pro has like a great moniker or name. So that's uh, it's a fun one. Um, I guess one other thing I wanted to touch on before we get too far in and while people are building in here and for people <laughs> that are just coming in. But so I just got an email from Omnia Fishing and they have their bargain bin and they just added a bunch of stuff to their bargain bin. And I went to go look at it because I'm a tackle junkie and like typical bargain bin stuff you expect to be like trudging through to find like your like bobbers and like weird colored oddball generic stuff. Right. But like they actually have a ton of good stuff in the bargain bin. I was kind of surprised. There's a lot of like name brand stuff that I would use. Right. I mean, there's like owner hooks, there's suffix braid, there's Z-Man plastics, there's Terminator frogs. Like basically it looks like they maybe just have a little bit of overstock on some of this stuff. And a bunch of it's marked down. They got uh, Strike King 1.5s. They got Z-Man Chatterbaits. They got OG Slims. They got DT Crankbaits. Like, it's legit wow. stuff. Uh, Kitech jigs. Um, Strike King Hack Attack jigs. Like, some good stuff. So I just thought I would share that on the stream. Anybody that's looking to stock up on some stuff, there's actually a lot of legit stuff. I'll drop a... Uh, quick link in the chat for anybody that's interested. And I also believe you can use my code Hellabath Summer 15 and it actually stacks. So you can actually get some pretty sweet deals on this stuff. So don't want to condone anybody buying unnecessary tackle or stuff they don't need because, you know, fishermen don't do that. But there's some pretty good stuff. Berkeley Chapos, uh, Rapala Demons. Like there's just. Dang a lot of good stuff in there. So I think it's worth a check out. You can help yourself. You can help them free up some inventory so they can get some more new stuff in and uh, everybody wins. So nice. Have to check so, it out. Check that out. Uh, you can do it during the stream. You can listen in, you can do it later. Uh, but just want to share that before we got too far into it while people are hopping in. Um, you didn't realize you're going to go broke when you came on the stream tonight. Dale. <laughs> Bring out a credit card. <laughs> cool all right so i guess a little bit like uh we talked a little bit dana you're kind of new to fishing competitive early tournaments but i'm guessing you've probably got a little bit of fishing background like how far does that go back and when did you get into fishing and your love for the because you do a lot of outdoor stuff based on your like social media but like have you always grown up in the outdoors or how did that start yeah. and was it like a parent thing or a friend or how'd that go um, that was a parent thing. We've been fishing since we were in diapers, since we were just little kids. Um, growing up, we more so we targeted walleyes. We trolled the big pike. You know, um, not a lot of bass fish. I never caught bass growing up, even even as an adult. Um, so I just said one day, I'm like, I need to catch bass. I need to just go out and catch some bass and uh, see what this is all about because it's such a such a big deal. Um, I wasn't successful my first go around. I don't know how. <laughs> now that I know how to bass fish, not sure I, how I couldn't catch bass, but I couldn't. Um, so, uh, yeah, we grew up fishing. We still fish together as a family. My mom, dad, sister, and brother-in-law. Sure. Oh, just lost yeah. you. Oh, we, you sorry. 
somebody was somebody was calling. Sorry. Oh, all right. Um. Yeah, we still take a big trip with my my parents and my sister and my brother in law and stuff. So we're all pretty big into fishing. Awesome. That's yeah. cool. So, and you, 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 I guess the name like Carlson, like like that's the most Minnesota name ever. So, you, are you originally from Minnesota? Did you grow up here? Yep, I I grew up in Ogilvie, Minnesota. So, okay. I don't know if you know where that is, um, I feel like that's like northwest, 20, like twenty minutes north of Cambridge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sure. Something like that, just south of Mora. Um, so, I've always been in Minnesota. Carlson is my maiden name, so or my married name. My oh, okay. is Feldy, so not quite as Minnesota, but we'll let it yeah, slide. No. <laughs> <Not> really. <laughs> nice. So just for people that are kind of rolling in fresh, we're kind of a little bit different approach tonight instead of having like uh you know, like somebody that's like won a big tournament or done anything like that. We're talking about like how to get in and experiences of getting into bass fishing and like tournament fishing. Uh, so that's what we're kind of just jumping into a little bit perspective. Cause I know there's a lot of people that watch this that are super interested in bass fishing that we get a lot of questions about like how to tournament fish, how do you go about it? Like that kind of stuff. So that's kind of the path we're going. Um, so what, like you said, you kind of got into bass fishing later as you got a little older. Um, what got you interested in, joining a club and tournament fishing? Um, so originally it started with Shark. Shark sure. was the one that, um, we, he was coming up to Mille Lacs to go fishing. Um, he had messaged me. He's like, let's go hit Mille Lacs. I'm like, all right, sure. Like never really been truly bass fishing. I'm like, I'll go with you. Um, this was about two and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so we went up there. It was cold. It was like end of October, November. Um, we went out on the South end. It was, it was pretty chilly, pretty ruthless, but we went up on the East side and it was just a wreck. It was like three, four footers. It was terrible. Um, we were the only boat in the whole entire lake. Uh, but we went out bass fishing. Um, I was almost puking over the edge. I get motion sickness. Even as much as I fish, I do. Um, so I wear a patch for it so I don't get sick. But, uh, so we went out bass fishing and, you know, Caught a bunch of bass, finally about the sixth, seventh spot. I'm like, dude, I'm throwing in the towel. I'm done. Um, so we got back to shore, and he just said, you'd be a great bass fisherman. Man, you're pretty tough. So I'm like, all right, well, what do, what do we got to do? And he's like, well, you know, I'm in a bass club. We'll talk to everybody. We'll see how it goes. It was terrible. And uh, we're only boat in the whole entire or are you recording? <laughs> um, no, that was my fault. Oh, no, no. I'm like, I'm hearing myself talk. Oh, no. Um so he talked to the bass club they're like yeah that'd be great let's bring her on um so that's originally how i got into it i knew shark shark was kind of my Andaloon state um and then yeah this was about winter time they said yep let's bring her in so i hadn't you know i had another three to five months before the season started so i had a bunch of time to just kind of cram in as much fishing as i could wherever i could um and that's really what i did just fished whenever I could, every chance I could, and that's how it started. All right, YouTube Cuz wants to know what patch brand. Maybe he's uh, suffering. You got you got a recommendation on uh, what kind of patch for motion sickness? I wear scopamine patches. Um, they are good for three days. So generally, like when I get to the tournaments and stuff, I'll throw it on the night or the day that I get there, and then I'm good the whole entire time. The thing about them is if you do get motion sickness, 
you have to put it on at least a half hour, an hour before you go. If you go and you forget and you start to get motion sickness, you can't counteract it. So it's one of those things. Um, scopamine, that's what it's called. And that's my go-to all the time when I fish. Nice. Yeah. What's up, Dale? Thanks for joining in. Hey, Dale. Um, so you joined Lou yeah, State. Represent. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Lou, Dale. <laughs> um, how did you, like, so did you know Shark before he randomly reached out on the internet uh, as a stranger? Or what, how, or how did you get to know we him? Knew each other, we knew each other through Instagram. Um, okay. Had we hung out and been buddies? No, but we were social media, you know, social, whatever you want right. to call it, I guess. And he, I just always told him, hey, if you come up to Mille Lacs, give me a call. Let's go fishing. Um, sure. That's just that's just what it was. Shark's pretty good with the smallies, so that was I'm sure that was a good trip. Hey, you know, and I'll touch base on that, too, even in the conversation. Like, that's that's his thing. If you know Shark, you know that guy can, can get the smallmouth like nobody's business. Yeah. What's up, Jay? Good to see you. Um, so basically it was a referral from a friend. You kind of were into fishing. They kind of yep. put the bug in your ear and you said, sure, I'm going to give it a whirl. Yep. Um, so that was 2020 uh, bass fishing club season um, with the uh, Loon State. So how did, I mean, like, what, how, what was your mindset going into the season joining a club with, I don't know how big is it, a dozen people, 20 people in Loon State, something like that probably. Right. Um, like, did you go to a bunch of winter meetings and get to know people? Like, what was the kind of the, the process leading up to, you know, probably May when you had your first tournament? So, um, if we go back to when Shark offered, you know, this spot, you know, to come fish with them. Um, at this point in time, I own no bassing rods. I own nothing. I have nothing. I don't know anything about bass fishing. Um, I didn't even know where to really start, to be honest. I had no clue. Um, so shark, you know, we got everything I needed. He hooked it up, you know, and, and got me my rods, got me, you know, what, this is a good start. This is where you should start. Um, I started with five rods and a tackle box of shit. I didn't know how to throw and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and that's literally how I began bass fishing. Like I was clueless, but I'm a pretty confident person, so I had no problem just putting myself out there and going and doing it. That's yeah. the only way you're going to learn it. So I was game. I'm like, I'll just learn from everybody that's willing to give me the advice and give me, you know, share a little bit of knowledge, and I'll just keep compiling it. Um, so that that's the, like, pre-start of it. So I went to one winter meeting, and um, I went, met everybody, and got a couple looks and uh, met with everybody. Everybody's really cool. And then that was really about it. I mean, we, I think we had two meetings before the, the first um, Derby weekend. Um, mm -hmm. And that was really how I started. Didn't know anybody really that well. Didn't have any idea what to expect. You know, I'd never fished a club Derby. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know anything. I was just really along for the ride to learn, you know, and, and figure out the experience. Yeah, cool. Um, so, I mean, you kind of like met some people, but you didn't really get to know them until like tournaments started, right? So, right, right. Um, so, where was your first tournament? Who was your boat? I mean, so you like, so look back up, I guess. So, you entered pretty sure as a non boater, right? So, you are as a co angler, a non boater. So, every tournament you were going to draw a different 
boater from Loon State to fish with. So where was your first tournament and who did you draw in your very first tournament? Our first tournament was on, let me see, I believe it was Bay. Um, okay. Bay by Garrison. Mm-hmm. I drew Tom Kiefer, president, nice. president of the Bass Club. Um, Big guy. Like, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that guy is a hell of an angler. If you, uh, this is one thing I will say. If you're going to go into it um, and you draw somebody like Tom Kiefer for your very first ever Bass Club experience, it doesn't get any better than that. However, it will be one of the most humbling experiences of your life. Because I destroyed it. I pulled my rookie season opening tournament. I pull a five-pounder. I win Big Bass of the Year. And I pull a full bag for 10 pounds. My very first ever tournament. Have I done that again? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have not. Um, Which is okay. Because it was so cool. But it was such a humbling experience. Because the next day, I go out with Luke and Bill out on Borden, across the road, and mm-hmm. uh, he completely kicks my ass. I might have even shed a little tear or something behind my sunglasses. Um, it was pretty ruthless. I got an ass kicking that day. Um, I think I pulled one fish, maybe, but he had culled two and a half bags before I even caught one fish. And again, keep in mind, I've been taught all this bass fishing, you know, um, smallmouth fishing, ultimately. You know, a lot of smallmouth fishing. We did very little largemouth. So at my second club derby, I still don't know. I still don't even know what I'm doing. You know, he's throwing a Texas rig and I'm like, okay, he's catching fish. I'll throw a Texas rig. Well, his weight is bigger than mine. So therefore he's punching down through the grass and he's picking up all the fish. And I'm doing the exact same thing and I can't catch a fish to save my life. It's one of the most frustrating things ever. Um, but that's just, that's also why I love fishing too. Is it's one of the most humbling sports ever. You kick ass one day and, and you learn the next. So, yeah. So you didn't but, practice for either one of these tournaments. You just kind of showed up and fished the tournament, right? You didn't um, go out with we, we had a day or two, you know, that, we okay. went, you know, prior to the fact, um, not up until the Derby. No, but we had fished it, you know, a time or two and sure. that was about it. Because I think a lot of times that's where, like, when you get into a club atmosphere, if you can go out and practice with your boater or your partner ahead of time, that's where you can get a lot of the learning done and not have the pressures of the tournament when yep. you're trying to learn a new technique or learn a new lake or learn a new environment. Um, so that that's, you know, the more you can get out and practice before a tournament, the, the better off you'll be, I think. Absolutely. I agree. And it, it, at the time, you know, it is what it is. You do what you can with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I took it as a, well, it's just more of an empowerment. If you don't get the time to get out there, you just mm-hmm. got to be able to, you know, pick up on all this knowledge that you see and, you know, that people offer to you. You know, you got to store that in your bank and use it the next time and keep using it, you know, until you develop your own uh, strength and pattern, you ha- you're kind of dependent on you know, what the limited amount of information, you know, you either perfect that little bit of information, you know, or just keep trying, you know, so it's, it, in my opinion, it's a cool experience. Mm-hmm. I enjoy, sure. I enjoy the challenge of it. Like you can put me in anybody's boat. Like I'll, I'll figure it out. It does. It didn't really matter to me. Um, 
<clears throat> my level of experience or not. You know, I was just game to go do it and I was confident enough to be out there doing it. Yeah. I mean, and so part of it's going in with the right mindset, right? Like you went in like with a competitive spirit, like wanting to do well, you were going to try hard and you were going to give it your all. But I think you also went in with a realistic, like you were there to learn as well and take it all in. And it was an experience. So, right. So, I mean, like your competitive side, right. Wanted yep. to do well and you tried hard and you like gave it all the effort, but you also knew that like, Hey, sometimes I'm going to catch them. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes it's going to be a learning yep. experience sometimes. Right. So then sometimes things will line up and it's going to go my way and sometimes not. Right. So I think it's just, Yep. having that perspective so absolutely absolutely and and knowing that this is fishing you know any day can be your day you know i'm out there my first tournament i just cast that single as far as i could throw that thing and all of a sudden that big freaking mama just hit that and it was the coolest experience ever but again like i said never done it again i haven't <laughs> pulled the 10 pound you know 10 pound derby bag haven't pulled a five pounder again so you know, it just teaches you to just keep grinding. It'll, it'll, it'll come. Another yeah, and day. that was like the big fish for the club for the year, right? <clears throat> yeah, I got the award uh, right up there. <laughs> I was pretty freaking proud of that. I mean, um, yeah, I definitely was. I couldn't, I couldn't believe as a rookie, I, uh, I went in there and, and caught that five pounder. That was cool. Yeah. And so how many club tournaments uh, did you have for the first season? Um, six, I believe it's six. six. Yeah. Okay. And so like every tournament, you know, I mean, obviously you had your best tournament, your first tournament, but like, did you see a natural progression, you know, fishing with six different people, um, throughout the season? Like what, how did that, how did your, like, just kind of give a, I mean, like, we don't need like a play by play of like every fish, but like overall, what are your thoughts and from the first season? Um, well, my first season going into it, once I had, you know, my my how-tos and, and what-to-dos and what I should be doing, um, I would go to the bank every day. I fished every single day that first season. Literally, from the time I saw a hole in the ice, I was out there casting my spinning rod to, you know, ice off. You know, it didn't matter, even if I wasn't even throwing an actual lure with hooks. If I was just casting or skipping or pitching, I worked my ass off. Uh, for a long time, and I still do. I mean, I post videos, you know, me flipping and pitching in my house all winter long. That's what I do. I just, I work at it, and I work to be good at it, and um, I'll get there. But it takes work. It's just like any mm -hmm. anything else we do. You know, if you think you're good at pitching, well, you know, go in your house one time and try and throw that, you know, flip that, uh, that seven and a half foot rod, you know, and, and just, it's the little things that, um, that make a difference. And that's mm -hmm. what I've discovered, you know, find something you love about the fishing, you know, whatever it may be. My thing is a wacky rig Cinco. Ain't nobody going to take that Cinco away from me. Like I will fish it anywhere. I watch the elite boys, you know, throw it down South Florida. I've watched them guys just kill it on a wacky and, and that's my go-to and that's my closest, I guess, co correlation, I guess you could say to uh walleye fishing, which I mean, is one of my favorites. That'll be always be one of my favorites. Um, but I just think picking up, uh, picking up something and just finding your favorite and, and running with it. And, uh, but overall fish, what do you learn? You learn that you get your ass kicked more than you win. <laughs> um, that's what I learned. But 
the amount of knowledge in being in the back of somebody's boat, um, you know, for the eight hours of that tournament or that practice or just a, you know, a Sunday that you have nothing going on. That is some of the most valuable uh, lessons you can learn. Like you said, you know, um, you you can't ever take advantage of um, people willing to teach you. And and I'm always the person I'm always open minded. I get in anybody's boat and I'll learn from anyone. I don't care. But at the end of the day, I still have my, you know, in the back of my head, like this, this is what I do. You know, people mm -hmm. tell me what I should throw. I'm like, nah, I, I understand. I get it. But I've kind of developed in the last two and a half years, kind of my own, my own path. And I'm confident enough to stay on that and kind of take that on my own. When two years ago, I wasn't, I wouldn't have done that. Right. Like so. every time they said, do something, you were like, okay. I'm gonna try it right like <laughs> yep yep yeah. and and i figured out what i loved i figured out what i hated i i i've kind of you know broken it down just as in like okay why do all the guys do what why is everybody fishing it like this and you know i look at situations like that crankbaits and you know all these different things and i kind of analyze it for myself and put it into my own kind of bank and build off of that stuff and just keep building you know um but ultimately it could tie two two lures on on two rods and i'd throw those same two all day long so <laughs> i mean out of the hundreds of baits you know different lures different things you can throw i got my favorite i know you know I, i've got it down pretty good as to what uh what i what uh is my go-to for bass fishing i guess you could say sure you know i mean that's everybody's got to have a strength or, you know, something they can fall back on when times are tough and you're yeah. like, I don't, I don't know what else to do. I'm going to do this. Right. Like, cause I know this, this can get a bite. So. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. And that's all it's really about. I got to turn my other leg on here. Um, but yeah, overall, so, um, I mean, the first season was, it was a, definitely an experience. It wasn't anything I had expectations of. I just was going out to go fishing and that's really sure. what it was about. Just going bass fishing and learning it. That's all. Yeah. And, you know, every club's a little different, but, you know, most clubs you get into, you fish, you know, six, eight, maybe 10 tournaments a season pretty affordably. Um, yeah. I'm guessing the dues are like a hundred and some bucks for the year to fish like six tournaments. You bring some gas money for your boaters, like for a few hundred dollars, right? Minus the, yeah. the addiction of the tackle and all that stuff, which is the expensive <laughs> part. Yeah, like you can part, get out yeah. and fish, you know, half a dozen tournaments for a couple hundred bucks, which is a really good deal. And in a club environment, most of them, and I think uh, Loon State is this way, is that, you know, it's a pretty good environment for learning, right? Like people talk about what's working, they may not give away like spots, but they're going to come back and say, hey, yeah, we caught them on weed edges. We caught them on jig worms. This is what worked yep. today. Uh, you know, they're they're not going to like freeze out their 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 coes during the tournament and be like, you know, I'm not going to tell you what I'm what I'm fishing up here. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a pretty good environment to learn. So it is, it is absolutely. Uh, Loon state is, is great. Everybody and it's great. Everybody's willing to help. You know, like you said, that's, you know, the topic of conversation at the docks, you know, what'd you do? How'd you do it? Where'd you get them? You know, except for Amy, she's the worst. She's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you know, did you know that Loon state is, um, the uh, number one bass club in Minnesota for the uh, amount of female anglers. We have three. Three. So it's you, Amy, and uh, Paula. Paula still. Okay. Yeah. 
I thought Paul was okay. I thought somebody told me Paul was in Sportsman's now, but two sides, I guess. She's on. She's in two clubs now. You fish them both. She's cool. She can. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I thought she was always in in Loon State. So yeah, that's uh, and percentage wise, it's a huge number, right? Like because you, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. I think. Um, I think. I think it's awesome. Totally awesome. Yeah. And all of you guys are pretty serious, like you know, like not just there to hang out. Like you're there to fish. Like you know, you see some clubs. There's sometimes there's a female there that's just like. I don't know. She's there because her husband or boyfriend is there and she's like, I don't know, but you guys are there to fish. Like it's evident. Like I see them, you know, uh, at the club tournaments, I see the pictures on Facebook, like you guys all catch them and like hold your own. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. My, uh, my punishment to myself, um, the whole first season for getting my ass kicked was, uh, loading everybody's boat. So, you know, as a co, we only have, you know, what, two or three co's, you know, in the club. Everybody else is a boater. So every day I'd go out there and I'd come in with no fish or one fish. And I knew they kicked my ass. So I'd go get everybody's keys and I'd load everybody's boat for them. That was kind of my my own self, like, tisk tisk. You know, do better so you don't need to. So they don't, when they, when Dana shows up and asks you for your keys, you don't have to ask her how her day went. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> the truth. That's a true statement right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. I just be. I just be like, gosh, do it. I loaded a lot of boats in the rain, <laughs> but so it was my own fault. So nice. So you, you kind of had your first season, um, six tournaments in. <clears throat> what did you? Is there anything you learned or anything that you like changed or different approached your second season after having a year under your belt? Um, no, I just kept, um, I just kept working to perfect, you know, my strengths, you know, I'd work my weaknesses as well. I'd work things that I wasn't that confident in, you know, I'd, um, I'd keep working everything, but I'd always, I always focus on my strengths and I would pick one weakness, you know, that I wanted to start picking apart and kind of feeling out and being able to, um, maybe use as a strength, but, um, I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I just, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, but once you started fishing in the club, like a couple things, right. So you started fishing from shore a lot, right. Like you'd go out by yourself. Yeah. Uh, you talked about practicing, casting mechanics, things at home. Um, and then just like going out and fishing with friends and, new acquaintances as much as possible, right? Like getting, just getting out, right? Like that was the big thing, right? Yep. Um, Yeah, I just, it literally became a priority. If I didn't have my kids, I wasn't fishing a tournament. That's what I was doing. I was fishing Um, because I wanted to be able to compete. I didn't want, um, you know, it to be a situation where, um, oh, you know, this girl just fishing, you know, now I fish every day, you know, and I've, I've fished some, pretty, pretty awesome boats. And uh, I fished against some pretty awesome people. And, um, you know, all that work and all that time that I put into it, um, it, it's just, it earns you the respect when, um, you know, I got to fish sharks boat this year in the club Uh tournament for, for my second year, I didn't get to fish at all with him the first year. So I think it was like eight tournaments, nine tournaments had went by and I had never been paired up with shark. Um, we went down to Mississippi, um, for our club derby before the TOC 
And I got paired up with Shark. And um, even he said from the front of the boat, he's like, damn, damn. You know, I could hang. I had no problem, none whatsoever versus, you know, two years ago when he started teaching me and I didn't know nothing about flipping a jig. And, you know, now I'm flipping it two feet from where he just threw that. <laughs> you know, and he's, he's just kind of looking at me and he's like, you've improved, you know, but it shows people, people will, uh, they will recognize it and they'll see it over time. They'll see you improve if, if that's really what you want to do. And you really are trying to work hard. People, people will recognize it. Yeah. Cool. So, so if you feel like you're more comfortable with largemouth now after, uh, almost two seasons of chasing them. Yep. I got them. I know. Uh, yep. I've done a lot of research. I do a lot of research. I look at a lot of lakes. Google maps is one of my favorite things. And that's the thing about being a co-angler is, um, I don't have control over where that boat's going, which is fine with me. Um, but I've been in a lot of situations where, um, my pro doesn't, you know, doesn't have the bite down either. And my research as a co-angler, you know, can really contribute to that. And that's one thing that I've, that I've discovered as well is even if you're not out pre-fishing it, you're not out in the boat with your, you know, your pro for the day or the weekend or whatever, um, do your research and do your work. You know, looking at Google sure. maps is, is, is priceless. You know, you can, you can learn a lot about a lake structure. You can learn a lot about, you know, everything about a lake, just uh, doing the work, even if it's computer work, even if it's nerdy work, you got to do it. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, Chris, Mark, thanks for joining. Um, do you do anything else? I mean, do you watch like videos about lakes you're going to? Do you watch videos about like rigs and techniques or knots or, does, or is there anything else you're doing yeah. besides, I mean, what, what other kind of stuff, do you, what other kind of stuff have you dove into as kind of like a fresh tournament angler um so over the last i'd say probably the last year um i've done i do some knots not videos you know um but for the most part i got i i've got that knot tying down pretty well um so i don't really focus too much on that but i'm always watching the elites i'm always you know i'm watching the elites on tv i'm watching their videos they post i'm i watch you i mean <laughs> I watch you talk about bass fishing. So, I mean, it, you know, any, any learning experience or opportunity you have to grow from it, I take advantage of that, not in a negative way, in a positive way. And I learn something from it and, you know, take a little bit of that knowledge and put it in my bank and store it for later. So I'm always doing stuff, whether it's nice. you know, out on the water, on the phone, on the computer, Fishing is um, more than, you know, if, if you're in that competitive nature, it's a little bit more than just, you know, going out there and and uh, casting a line. Yeah. What's up, Bridal Trap? Fishing. Yeah, I mean, fishing is like, I mean, like just bass fishing, even just like without going multi-species. It's literally an endless journey. Like there's always something you can learn, get better at. Yep. It, it never ends. Like you'll never, never master yep. it, I don't think so. <clears throat> that's why it's so great is you yeah. know when you think you know it somebody shows you a new way to rig this worm you know when you think you know it somebody teaches you something else and it's like oh it's it's endless yeah so loon state looking for more members boaters co-anglers is it room for more people to join a club like loon state or 
Um, I'm I'm sure. I guess I I haven't personally asked that question, but we're always welcoming new um, new people. I think we're up to like 15 or 16 of us now. Um, but absolutely, you know, get a hold of somebody. You can message Amy or Tom or um, you know the Loon State uh, Facebook page. You know anything if if you're inquiring or want to join, let them know. Let me know. I'll let them know. Yeah, so I'll just give you a little bit of. Uh, um, so if you're in Minnesota and you're looking to get into a club, you can go to the minnesotabassnation.org. And then if you go into membership, you can go to membership info. And so they have a new member contact form that you can fill out. <clears throat> or you can go to the chapter finder. And you can kind of look by geography. Right. And I think if you go up here somewhere, like this is probably Loon State up here, if I'm guessing. Yeah, Cambridge. This clearly this link clearly doesn't work, so maybe don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is broken. Don't yeah. don't do this. Go back to the other one. Oh, here's an art. Here's maybe it's an org chart. Uh, so North Region, Loon State. So I think you can click on these. So you can see what region you're in. You can click on these clubs, and that's not working. So We'll let them know that's not working. But there is a Minnesota Nation Facebook page. Loon State has a Facebook page. Gopher Bassmasters has a page. Uh, I know Viking has a page, Viking Bassmasters. They're looking for members. Uh, yeah. There's definitely a few. There's several members in here. Um, if you're looking for uh, – and the, the other thing, if you're not from Minnesota, there's typically a Bass Nation Wisconsin. There's a Bass Nation Maine. There's a Bass Nation Tennessee. Like you can go there, fill out a form, click an email, like that's all you really got to do to you know get a hold of somebody to join a Bass Nation Bass Club. Um, if you're confused, if you're from Minnesota, you can send me a message. I'll help you out. I'm sure you could send uh, Dana a message on Dana Carlson Outdoors. Um, you know, it just find somebody that's in the nation. Send them a message. I'm sure they'll point you in the right direction. So. That is that is great information. I'm so glad you shared that because I get a lot of questions about it too. I, I one of my best friends is asking, how do you join a bass club? Like, how do I talk to somebody? How do I, you know, how do I know who to get a hold of? So that's that's great information you just shared there. Yeah. So like here, Jay says, Mo Bass, Missouri, right? So um, that's awesome. know, just, uh, yeah, for sure. David, I can definitely help you guys out. Um, awesome. There's, there's lots. And then the more, the merrier. Um, I mean, I think the Bass Club is just a great way. So, I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with fishing VFLs. There's nothing wrong with fishing team tournaments. There is nothing wrong with fishing league night tournaments. But to me, if you really want to accelerate your learning curve, <clears throat> joining a club where you fish with new people every tournament, like, yep. that's where the learning curve, like, goes like a hockey stick. Like, that's where it's like, yep. right? Like, you learn fishing with, you know, you can join a league with your buddy or your significant other, and you'll learn a lot of hard lessons because you're not, you're right. Like you're going to learn so yep. much faster when you're fishing with somebody uh, new all the time. That's just, I think it's really important. Um, yep. And and like time, money, effort, it's the fastest. It's, yeah, it's the best bang for your, your money, your time, your resources. I think it's, um, and, you, and you really find out whether you like tournament fishing in a club, right? For a few hundred bucks, you fish six tournaments. You may say, hey, that was a really good learning experience. But you know what? Tournament fishing isn't my deal. Right. You right. sign up for the BFLs for a season and, and you, you know, uh, and spend thousands and thousands of dollars 
uh, to potentially get your teeth kicked in and find out you don't like it. It's an expensive lesson. Uh, and you, you may or may not learn as much when, you know, those people are fishing for, you know, five grand to win. They're a little, I mean, not, you, you can learn stuff, but they have a different focus at that level. I mean, like right. in a club tournament, people want to do well, they're focused, they're fishing hard, but they're more apt to take five minutes and explain something to you during the day than somebody that's fishing for 10 grand. So yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Um, but, uh, so, and I think, uh, so that like the, and then if you like tournament fishing, uh, it can be a little bit of a gateway drug. It can be the, the marijuana of tournament fishing. Um, uh, I think you've started to dabble into some other things now. What, what, what other things did you get into after your first year in the club? Um, so joining the bass club, um, I really just wanted to learn and just expand my knowledge. Really. My question was, um, all right. I fished Minnesota, Wisconsin, you know, my whole life, but I haven't fished across the United States. So, um, I joined the lady bass angler association, which is a pro women's bass tour, um, down out of Kentucky. Um, so I said, I'm going to pack up my gear and I'm going to head down to Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, and I'm going to go fish pro women's bass tour. And that's what I did. Um, went down to Dallas, Fort Worth, fished, uh, Lake Ray Hubbard and, uh, did, I, I did pretty good for, for my first couple runs. Um, so I joined that. I wasn't able to go to the last two tournaments, um, just with work and stuff. Things didn't work out, COVID, et cetera. Um, so I wasn't able to go to do those, but, um, so I did that. On top of that, I also fished a couple multi-species. I fished the women on Winnie tournament, um, uh, couple walleye tournaments, you know, here and there. Um, but otherwise I've just kind of focused on fishing the pro tour, um, kind of getting that focus and, uh, that type of energy from down there. Um, I mean, a lot of people up North don't know about, you know, a lot of the real big anglers, let alone female anglers of the right. South, you know? Um, I mean, I'm fishing in potential of fishing with, um, you know, Pam Martin Wells, you know, I could be a co in her boat one day and um, that just even that opportunity alone is enough for me. Like, so I think I think Pam Martin was the only one, only female angler to make the day three cut in the Bassmaster Classic, right? Yep. Yep, she was. Um, and she's she's an amazing stick. Uh, I've seen her at, you know, the tournaments that I was at and she's she's just a, she's just a wonderful person all around, you know, not even angler. I mean, what she does for the college and coaching and um, I mean, Sherry Jacks, you know, I fish against her, um, as a co-angler, she was just over at ICAST and fished the big tournament. I think they placed third place, um, her and a female, female angler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just exceptional. These women are just awesome. And that was really the experience I wanted out of it. Um, to be able to take that kind of knowledge and teaching, um, you know, from those like minds, um, not just the man, you know, side of, of fishing, you know? Cause I mean, it is, you know, male driven. There's a lot of men that fish the clubs, you know, there's not a lot of women. So I, um, I really just wanted that, uh, that experience to be able to fish with them women and get their type of their perspective and their, um, you know, how to's really going down there. My test was, can you fish it? Like you can fish Minnesota. So if I go down to Texas, can I take my rigs that I would fish in, let's say June in Minnesota and go fish them in March in Texas. And 
that was really, you know, going into it. That was my thought. I'm like, everybody kept telling me what to bring, you know, what rods I should rig up, how I should rig them up. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to do what I would do back home. And that's what I did. I pulled the three pounder my very first time ever fishing the South. I've never even fished the South. And I was happy with that. I, I thought it was cool the way I fish. I thought it was cool to be down there. And um, that was pretty cool. That was really, really neat experience. Yeah, I mean, you could, awesome. there's not enough money in the world to, you know, pay for that kind of knowledge. And uh, those, those ladies I get to fish with, I mean, um, I think, what is it? Harvey, Harvey Horn, I believe mm-hmm. he fished one of the elites. His sister, Pam, was my uh, was my pre-fishing partner for that tournament. She's nice. a good friend of mine. I mean, an exceptional angler. This lady is just killer. Um, and those those types of things are priceless, you know, to get those experiences and be able to do that. Um, but other than that, I haven't gotten into too much. Um, for the up-and-coming season, I'm going to maybe have a couple sponsors, not anything crazy big name we're not we're not going too crazy uh, but i might see if i can make all that kind of happen and and keep just moving forward with it yeah so you're hoping to to get a little support so you can fish more of the lb the lady bass angler association tournaments and travel a little more and do more of those yeah and just even just you know to, i have a lot of supporters you know i have my jersey i you know all the people i have on my jersey those are all you know i consider them supporters they're my friends to some degree you know they own the resorts the bait shops you know those type of people and you know i just um yeah you got it costs money to travel that's a real thing you know but again help you out and support that and do that which is one of the coolest parts about the fishing industry is somebody's always willing to help you whether it's throw you a bait mail you something in the mail you know the fishing industry is pretty cool and pretty supportive yeah for sure so the other thing like so obviously uh the lady bass anglers is a great opportunity for female anglers to travel and and fish um but the bass nation the club right loon state you know any of these clubs also has a great opportunity to move on and travel so this year you qualified got to fish the minnesota TOC, the Bass Nation Tournament of Champions out of Wabasha. Um, so that's like step one, right? You can fish your course. Step two, club. You make the TOC. If you finish in the top 10, you can go to divisionals. You can go to nationals. You can you can yeah. travel places. And the nice thing about the Bass Nation, if you make it past the TOC, uh, the, the Bass Nation pretty much fits the bill in Minnesota. Very little expense out of your own pocket to go to regionals and nationals once you make it that far. Right. Um, so, like, what, what was your experience – uh, uh, the TOC. This is, so you fished two years in the club, but this is the first year you fished the the state tournament. What what are your thoughts? Um, it was amazing. It was so cool. I was just I was just thrilled to be there for one. Um, and two, everybody was so amazing. You know, you think um, you think like going into it, it's an into it's it's intimidating. Like I'm fishing with all these guys. I'm you know in this element that I've, again, no idea about, you know, because again, I'm, I'm new, I'm just learning it. I'm just kind of feeling it out. Um, you know, I got down there, luckily you have your club members, you know, I, Luke and Bill and I, you know, had lunch and, you know, had a beer, went to the meeting, checked in, you know, so it's, that's, I think one of the greatest parts about it is you do have a support system of other people there that, you know, 
you know, you're not solely sure. going by yourself. It's not a group full of strangers, you know, like how I shook your hand. Doesn't mean I know you, but I knew you, you know, like <laughs> you, that's how you meet people and, you know, network and socialize and just get out. And, you know, it, it was a great time. Um, it was well ran, you know, um, everybody was really cool. All my pros were awesome. Um, I, I had a great time. I, I don't have any qualms about it. Even being, even being DQ'd, I still had a great time. Did you guys get locked out or why didn't you make it back? You know, was it just, he just misjudged the time or I don't really have an excuse for it. I really honestly, well, you weren't the boater, but I mean like, (laughs) well, I know, but I was, but I was there. I was like, so you both just kind of just spaced on the time. Yeah. I don't, I have no idea what we were thinking because we talked about it for the last three hours of the tournament. We were well aware of the fact we, because we conversated about it. Um, and I was flight two on Thursday and I was flight three on Friday. I just, I don't know when he looked at us and he's like, you're 17 minutes late. And I you said, thought you were 13 minutes early. You thought it was four 30. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so another humbling experience, <laughs> like, but I got, I got all of it in one weekend. I've never been disqualified from a tournament. I got fish state turn. Yeah, I mean, you were you were just you just lost your day one or your day two weight, it was, right? So and ultimately, like, your day two weight was disqualified. You weren't disqualified for yeah, like cheating right. or anything like that. Yeah, right. But ultimately, neither of us were at the top. Like there was nothing to be upset about. I still right. brought my fish up there. I still carried that bag up there and weighed them. I knew I was disqualified. That wasn't the point, you know. Yeah, we we messed up. Am I gonna do it again? Probably not. It was a good lesson learned. Next year's like I will be setting an alarm in my phone, That's and I will know what's going on. Another thing that you see a lot of people do is like they'll write their check-in time on their hand with a permanent marker or something like that. So, yeah. So basically, what happens is for every minute you're late past your check-in time, it's a pound penalty up to ten minutes, and then after ten minutes, depending on the tournament, ten or fifteen minutes, you lose your entire catch. So, God. And I just looked at Sean, and I was like. <laughs> well, shit. That's an. You're just having such a good time fishing. This time flies. I mean, we even saw you down there at one point. I think it was right before we left, and we're just like do do do. We uh yeah, that's yeah. Except for my, I was a four thirty check in, so I was on time. So. Yeah, I know you were. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, so yeah, I mean, it was a great experience. Um, you fish with my uncle Marty day one. Um, he's a great guy. Um, obviously Sean was, it was a good time fishing until you were, until you were late. Um, (laughs) you you caught fish both days. You got to weigh him in both days. Um, you know, you, you, you weren't necessarily in the mix as far as making the top 10, but you, you know, you crossed the stage, you got the great experience. You, you kind of got to see what it was all about. Um, so that's cool. Um, it it was, yeah, like. It was great. And it's, you know, it's cool to watch even the people at the top. Like if you know, you ain't in the top, whatever, but it's cool to watch all that, all them guys, you know, it's cool to see somebody pulling 22, almost 22 pounds on the river. Like when I saw that, I just, I couldn't even believe it. That kind of stuff is cool to see too, you know? Um, so I, I'm always rooting for whoever's on top too. You know, even if I'm at the bottom, I don't care. You know, I'll get there. One yeah, day Jeff Weedo so. weighing in 21 pounds the first day was nutty. I I never would have guessed 
no maybe 19 pounds but 21 i didn't think anybody would even come close to that nobody nobody did i talked to chris down at um everett's resort and he's like 21 pounds that's unheard of on the river maybe in the spring but this time of year yeah yep i couldn't believe it but that was cool to see too and you know um the whole experience was great you meet so many awesome people and i think that's part of it too is again the fishing industry is just filled with awesome people you know you just you can't really go wrong with it even the strangers you don't know everybody's just cool yeah cool so is there anything i mean did you ever run in i mean obviously as a female angler was there has there ever been an instance where it's been weird or like i don't see i'm pretty bold and i'm pretty outspoken um, I always make light, you know, getting in somebody's boat. <clears throat> I always got a joke. I always got something to kind of lighten the mood because I know mm-hmm. that's people's first thought. I know people think, oh, this girl, you know, oh, God. So I just try and make it light because I know it's, you know, I know guys just kind of look at me. I'm like, oh, geez. It's like, no, nah, really, I'm actually pretty fun. You're going to have a blast. And then we come in and everybody's like, you are fun as hell. I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but no. I don't, I don't let it get to that point, And I'm the kind of person that I'll speak up for myself. I have no, I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. I'm not nothing. I I have yet to be like fishing a tournament and been blocked, you know, out of fishing. Um, I'm kind of anticipating waiting for that day to come. It'll, I mean, regardless whether you're, you're old or young or female or male or blue or green or whatever, like, you're going to run into a boater that's going to like you know, not give you much to fish. And that's just something that can happen, but that's yeah. typically at the bass club level. That's not a thing. Um, right. As you move up and get further along, it can be, but, uh, but it comes with the territory. But yeah. Usually the more that's at stake is the more likely it will happen. So. Yep. Yep. No. And I could see that and I totally get it too. I mean, I'm not, that's the thing is, you know, as fishing as a co, like, there's a level of understanding you need to have as well. You know, yeah, you're trying to catch fish. Yeah. You're trying to, you know, fill the live well, but at the end of the day, you're in that person's boat, you know, so you got to, you got to learn to adjust and adjust a lot and adjust often because you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. You just don't. Any, any, I guess, in general advice for somebody that's becoming a co joining a club first tournament, like getting into it, like what, what, what are your general advice? Like either like getting ready mindset or like when you're actually in the boat, what are some things you would, you would say you've learned and that you would share with people? Yeah. So one of the first things I would share is life jackets. Um, I always have two life jackets with me, no matter what. Um, I have a pull cord life jacket and I have a regular snap life jacket, depending on the, on the conditions of the water. Um, I wear accordingly. Um, if it's a rough day, you know, couple, couple footers, you know, you're going to be rocking for the day. I don't wear my ripcord, um, life jacket. I wear my just snap jacket. Mm-hmm. Really it's for safety. You know, ultimately you're, you're hauling across the lake. You hit you know, a stump, a a wave wrong, anything, and you fly out of that boat, you don't necessarily have the time to rip your cord, you know. Or hope hope the water activates it, right? (laughs) Absolutely, and save yourself from it. So um, one of the biggest things I've learned is 
wear your life jacket based on the conditions of the water. Um, definitely. Nice, calm day. Doesn't matter. You got a ripcord. You know, you'll be fine. Um, but rough waters. Nope. I don't ever, uh, I don't ever depend on that to save me. Sure. Um, and that's a good tip. Like bring a life jacket, have a conversation about your boater. Like I'm bringing one. Do you have one? Yeah. And then plus, if you've got an extra one, you can be a hero. If somebody shows up and they're missing one right at the club tournament, you'd be like, Hey, I got you. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And that's, that's the other thing is everybody's always helpful. The club tournaments are about everybody helping everybody, making sure everybody can get out there. You know, you need a bait, you need a plastic, you need whatever. Everybody's always willing to, willing to help. But, um, so what else have I learned? Um, be on time. That's, that's a real good one. Be on time, life jackets. Um, have some uh, have some experience or try to um, gather some experience um, loading and unloading a boat. Um, I think that is one of the biggest necessities um, and important important things that um, a lot of people need need to work on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe even currently, maybe you know they're learning whatever. That's fine, but um, you see it often, you know. Um, yeah. I guess in your in your higher level um, competition, like you were saying, it's probably more of a necessity. Um, but if you're out as a co fishing a club tournament, you should be backing in boats. That's that's ultimately your job. You yeah, know, I'd say that's definitely good. But don't, in my opinion. But but be honest with yourself. If you're not Absolutely. ready, don't don't fake it. Like, be Absolutely. honest with them. Be like, hey, I'm not comfortable. You know, like yeah. I'd love to like practice afterwards but i'm not comfortable doing it at like five o'clock in the dark um yep. or something like that or can you get it lined up and then i'll back it straight up or like you know, yep. you know and you or go out fun fishing and work on it but like be honest like it's it's awesome if my non-boater can back me in but i'd yep. rather know that they're not comfortable yep. than pretend and then clip a dock with my fender or something like that so, yeah not uh, good don't hit any docks that's that's Boaters don't like that, apparently. I wouldn't know personally, but I'm going to assume they don't. So, <laughs> um, Chris, Chris says share snacks. That's a good one. Yes. Um, bring bring snacks. extra snacks. If you fish with me, you know that I will always have snacks. If the fish are not biting and you're fishing, you're pounding the crap out of these non-biting fish, I'm going to sit down and have a snack. I'll share my snacks with you. Um, snacks are definitely a must. Make your, make your boater eat. Because what's they your rec- what's your recommendation for best boat snacks? Beef jerky, cashews, um, some wasabi and soy almonds, um, some type of sandwich, breakfast burrito, something you can just <laughs> eat and go. Quick and easy. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's I mean, just have fun. Yeah, ask questions. Like I think You'd be surprised what people are willing to share if you're willing to ask. Absolutely. Like, like why are we fi- like not, don't, try to tone it and be like, hey, you know, you know, what what are we fishing here? Like, what's you know, yeah. what, you know, what that do, type of stuff. Yeah. What What tells you that this is what we should be doing? Like, but ask it in a way that's not like doesn't you're sound like you're to, like why the hell are we here? Like, try to ask it in a way that's like I'm trying to understand why we're doing this. Like, we're out in the middle of a lake. And I don't know why we're fishing here because I don't, I didn't practice this, but I don't know if this is a hump or a weed line or a rock pile. So like, you know, ask those things and, and they'll usually share. 
Absolutely. And again, that's part of being a co-angler and knowing the lake you're fishing. Even if you Google Maps it and you really don't investigate it that much, have some idea. Have some idea of what, you know, is there weed, is there humps, is there rocks, is it sand to gravel transition? What is, what are you fishing? You know, ultimately, mm-hmm. is there everything, you know? Um, it's 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 yeah. all pertinent information. You know, you can look anything up on the DNR. The DNR gives you reports all the time on every lake you fish. You know, oh. really, the resources are always at your fingertips. It's a matter of if you're willing to just do the work or not. Yeah, that's a great. Minnesota has a really robust DNR site for that. We yeah. do. So that, that's not everywhere, but Minnesota, it's it's. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like you can learn a lot about a lake. You can learn what the forage is. Absolutely. Like you, you should, before you get to the lake, you should know: is this a largemouth only lake? Is it a smallmouth yeah. and a largemouth lake? Is it a perch? Is it at bluegills? Right. So you can get an idea yeah. of like maybe that affects what you tie on, like what color yum dinger you're going to throw. Right. If it's got perch, yeah. maybe you want something with a little chartreuse or, or whatever. Um, yeah. You should look at the Google map, understand, is, is it a big lake? Is it a little lake? Is it a bunch of bays? Is there an east side and a west side? Is there a channel, right? So, like, yeah. maybe, you're, maybe your boater doesn't practice, right? And he just shows up and you guys get on something and you catch him on docks or you catch him on pads. And you go through that stretch and he's like, oh, well, I don't see any more pads around here. And be like, hey, you know what? I actually looked at Google Maps and I think in the yep. other bay there's a whole bunch of pads or there's – way more houses and way more docks on the other side of the lake or whatever, or like, yeah. yeah. So that's the kind of stuff you can do, uh, as a, as a non-boater ahead of time. And I learned, I learned that lesson. Um, I think we were fishing. Oh, was it fan? Which, what, what lake, uh, attaches up to Skogman? Is that Fanny? I don't know that chain up there. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were on Fanny Lake over, um, on the way to North branch there. And, uh, there's this little channel that takes you back to this other completely separate lake they call Skogman or something like that, mm-hmm. I believe. And one of our pros, one of our boaters knew about it. And everybody kept saying, man, we haven't seen him all day. Like, where the heck could he be? Where'd he go? Well, he took the channel, went to the other lake. He's the only boat out there fishing all by himself, you know. Nobody knew you could take the channel. Nobody knew it was deep enough, you know, at that time. So if at that time I knew what I knew now, I would have definitely Google Maps that and I would have been able to see that, you know, and could utilize that. So I've learned that personally. I've been in that scenario before. So much appreciated. Rattle Chat Fishing. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. If you guys are enjoying the content, if you're getting value out of tonight, maybe hit the thumbs up. That'd be awesome. Um, Chad's got a question here have you involved have you been involved in any of the high school or youth programs uh, programs he's definitely noticed uh, a lot of increase in female participation of the younger audience um are you involved in that or have you done any of that or i i have not um i'm actually hopefully let's well i'm hopefully um at the end of next month buying my first boat okay Uh, so i i will get into uh the high school that's been a plan of mine Definitely. Be a boat captain, and that'd be cool. Yep, yep. I love, I love to get, take them, them girls fishing. I mean, that's you know, even the boys, I don't care. But um, to take a, you know, a team of girls out there, you know, fishing, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I actually have a video that is yet to come out that's been <laughs> kind of backlogged. <clears throat> I have some some family friends of ours, and their his oldest daughter um, 
Audrey has gotten into high school fishing at Lakeville. So nice. I've taken them out a few times on local lakes and, and shown them the drop shot rig and the jig worm and, 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 you know, given them a few spots on some of these lakes, they have tournaments. And then she qualified for a national tournament <clears throat> down the Mississippi river down by quad cities, which was like pool 13 and 14. So I was like, yep. well, I don't have time to drive down to pool 13 and 14, <laughs> but about a month before the state tournament, I took them down to Wabasha and showed them how this river fishes, you know, the same Mississippi river, you know, but 10 pools up and right. really tried to show them, you know, Hey, this is what riprap is. And this is what a current break is. And this is what eelgrass is. And this is what, you know, frog fishing and swim jigs and, and went through That's a lot cool. of that stuff. And they actually, you know, they should have had a limit the first day, um, two girls fishing a high school team. Um, they lost a couple, but then they brought in a 10 pound limit the second day uh, and shot way up the leaderboard. So that was awesome. So I showed them the Mojo rig, which is a, is a great rig for fishing the river. So nice. That's so cool. I, I love to hear that. My kids fish. I have a four year old and nine year old and a going to be 16 year old. Um, and they love fishing. We take them out fishing quite a bit. My, so uh, my should be, should we get into a high school fishing club? Yeah. Yeah. Something, um, something. I'll be there one day. So now that's obvious. I mean, she or your he or she should be the right age. I'm sure Princeton or whatever high school up there has a high school fishing team. I would bet. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I've um I've thought about a lot about coaching and just getting them kids out. And... Yeah, but even if yeah, even if you're not coaching, there should be programs. I know like Becker has a big team. Yep. Um, and, I, and a lot of those teams, like if your school doesn't, they will take like they're, you know, it's They'll not like you're not locked in like you are for like football or softball or like you can. Um, so, yeah, like you can, you know, there yeah, are ways to get into that. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Absolutely. It's 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 neat. That's what I say. These kids should be fishing. If that's what they love to do, that's what they like to do. Get them out and do it. You know, if it takes you and, you know, five of your buddies to go get those kids out fishing that's that's cool you yeah. know so like just so people know like typically you need to be 16 to join an adult every club's a little different but to fish the bass nation you need to be 16 yeah um but there are junior programs and high school programs starting at like i don't know nine or ten nine or ten um and like most local schools if not in your area are very close to you like if you reach out to the bass nation they should be able to point you in the right direction. Um, and when you get to that age of like 16, you can fish the high school and you can fish the adult clubs if you want, if you're so inclined. Like if you're that motivated and you're that into fishing, there's definitely opportunities to fish as like a co-angler in a, an adult club and fish uh, in a team in a, in a high school type thing. So. Yeah. I mean, Loon State, we have two, you know, Tommy and um, Brennan, you know, they're under 18 years old. You know, they've been fishing with the club as long as I have. You know, so the last two years, yeah, what's they're up, good kids, you know, 17, 17 year olds, 16, 17 year olds, and they're good fishermen. Yeah, I, I qualified for several state tournaments when I was 16, but I didn't go to any of them because that was during football, high school football in the fall. So right. not until I went to college did I actually start fishing the state tournaments. So my first state tournament ever was as like a 17, 18 year old was uh, when uh, out of Winona. Okay. On Mississippi River. And that was in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first state tournament. Nice. Um, you, and did I you like fish in college. They did didn't have college fishing college? back then. No, oh, okay. <clears throat> they were just starting. As I was finishing, having like a few like 
a few of the Big Ten schools and stuff right. had it, but yeah. it wasn't anything like it was now. And uh, yeah, like walking into like my professors on day one saying, yeah, I'm not going to be here on the second week of school because I'm fishing a bass tournament. I yeah. got a lot of strange looks for that. But Right, right. Different, different day. You know, even when I was in school, they didn't, bass fishing teams weren't a thing. That wasn't an option, really. Yeah. But, so, um, yeah, over, overall, the experience of a club is, it's been good. You learn so much. Everybody's been everywhere. Everybody's had all these different experiences. So it's really a, it's really a cool experience. Yeah. Definitely. So if anybody like has any questions for myself or Dana, whether it's about like your experiences, my experiences, like I started in the club when I was like 14, like they didn't have junior fishing back then. They had casting right. for kids, which I did a little bit, but like I basically started fishing in an adult club as an unofficial member when I was like 14. <clears throat> um, and that's how I got started in fishing. My dad was in go for bass masters. I got into the club um, by the time I was like 19, I was the president of Gopher. <laughs> um, I think I was like, at the time, the, the nation director told me I was the youngest president ever of a Bass Nation that he knew about. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I fished in, in that club for years and years and years and then uh, formed a new club with the club I'm in now, Twin City. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been fishing the Bass Nation since, you know, whatever, like 25 years now almost. So Wow. Um, yeah, Martin Martin talked a lot about you when we were out fishing, fishing yeah. tournament. Yeah. Oh, he had great, good things to say. He even gave me some wacky hook tips. He nice. says, no, Rich and I would tell you. I said, the really? Nico, the Nico. <laughs> the I BMC said, really? Nico hook. Yep. Yep. You need them. You need them straight. You need them straight hooks, he says. Yeah. I'll tell you this for free. <laughs> That's what Rich would tell you. <laughs> a circle hook or a mosquito yeah. hook? No. That's a good way to lose fish, in my opinion. What did you say? The mosquito or circle style wacky hooks? Yeah. Good way to lose fish. No go. You want huh? that O'Shaughnessy Nico style hook, that kind of that straight shank. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So the circle or the round hooks, they tend to catch the fish in the mouth and just skin hook. And then when you're really pulling on them, they, they pop out. Then it rips. Yep. Yep. Been there before. That's it. Wacky sure. or drop shot. I follow those uh, same principles. Yeah. Would make sense. Yeah. Nice. Bono fished his first tournament in 1995. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I was... you know, it's good for fish that you eat, not fish in tournaments. It's <laughs> good for trout. Okay. Oh. Uh... But yeah, I may um, I may yet this year I may fish the uh, BFL. Sure. In October. Yeah. Kind of get that experience under my belt and. Uh, gonna be gonna be the link. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, Ryan, that's a good question. You know, uh, interview a bunch of different clubs. Every club has their own kind of philosophy on. I definitely do believe there are clubs that pretty much stick to the metro. Um, and there are other clubs that like to get out a little further. Um, so you're just going to have to reach out to a handful of them. I know like biking is West Metro. Um, there's a few others. Um, you just have to kind of reach out to them and ask them what they fish. Um, some of them like to get out and travel cause they like, you know, some of them are like, Hey, we're going to do eight tournaments. Six of them are going to be in the Metro. And then one weekend we're going to go out and fish one set of, 
you know, because yeah. honestly, it's it, it is nice to be able to not spend a ton of money traveling for a club tournament, but it is nice to go out and like when you leave town and not everybody is driving back and forth to the lake and you spend the night at some cabins or a hotel, that's when you get to know your teammates and your club members, right? Like you get away from home, you, you have a few soda pops or cocktails or whatever. Um, so it's, it is nice to travel a little bit, but I do get it. Like you don't, you know, if you want to keep the expenses down, it's nice not to have to travel, you know, four hours for every club tournament as well. So just, right. just talk to the, 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 the clubs, go to their winter meetings and find out what their typical schedules are. Yeah. Um, I think we only, we travel for one weekend and that's the whole club. Everybody travels. Like you said, we stay in a cabin, you know, a little bit further away from home. Um, but other than the TOC, um, we're home every night, you know, a majority of us are, you know, shark drives a little ways. So obviously, you know, he usually stays somewhere in, you know, with Jim or somebody like that. But, um, the rest of us, you know, we all go home for the most part, sleep in our own bed, get up in the morning and go. So. Yeah. I'm not sure JP. Um, I'm guessing it's some kind of small straight chain hook. I could be wrong. I'm guessing he's going to tell you it's a fusion 19, whether it is or not, <laughs> uh, but I'm not sure. Um, any tips for fishing in Minnesota late October or November? Yeah. So there's two things that typically really happen. There's typically a deeper bite where the fish are on the last remaining green weeds, which is a good bite. And then there's typically a really good window of like beginning of October, depending on how fast it gets cold, but basically October 1st until it gets down into the upper 40s. There's usually a really strong shallow bite on hardcover, whether that's docks, woods, trees, pad stems, cattails, um, fish a jig, fish a chatterbait. Those are the two like really strong patterns for largemouth. Anyways, what's up? Good to see you. Yeah, get to know the club. Go to their winter meetings. Uh, you'll get a pretty good idea. Like, does this club vibe with me? I mean, every club's a little different. Right. Like, yeah, you know, the Prior Lake hook setters—they like to have a good time. You know, they're 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 kind of a. I mean, they're a bunch of good anglers, but they like to party a little bit, right? And then you've got other clubs that are maybe a little more established, and they're a little more you know, reserved and there's some that, you know, travel a lot and some that, you know, don't travel as much. There's some that, you know, are super casual learning. There's others that are a little more aggressive where a lot of the guys fish money tournaments, you know, Lunker squad is a little more on the serious side. They actually treat their club schedule like a money tournament, you know, where there's entry fees for each tournament. Um, so there, there's, you know, really a little bit of everything. You just got to to reach out to a bunch of them and, and figure out what's right for you. There you go. There you go, Ryan. Uh, Viking uh, out of Maple Grove. So that's West Metro. They uh, try to stay within, you know, an hour or so of the house. So, you know, you can, that should be right up your alley. And Chad's a good dude. And I know several guys in Viking that are, you know, they're a good group of guys. They were a very established club. They've been around a long time. So, yeah. Um, nice. I was two in 1980, Gary, believe it or not. I, was, I wasn't even born. <laughs> that's awesome but and that's the cool thing about fishing i think you know it, it's like there's such a wide range where you can be effective and competitive in fishing you know like 
you know, when you get into pro sports, like, you know, you're 20 to like 32, like that's like your window. Right. But like you see guys like, like win rookie of the year on the Bassmaster elite series at 44, right. Or something right. like that, right. or they're still winning their tournaments into their sixties. Um, and, and I don't, I truly believe that I think there's no reason that women can't compete at the highest level. To me, it's just a numbers game. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been the volume of participation for enough cream to the rise to the top for the women to really like make it work. Um, but the, you know, from an athletic, physical, mental standpoint, there is no reason that a woman shouldn't be able to compete uh, at a super high level on the circuit. There isn't, there isn't. And I've, you know, I've had many of these conversations with a lot of people. Um, Cause I get asked, aren't you scared to go fish? You know, aren't you nervous to go fish with all them guys? No, no, I ain't nervous. There's nothing to be nervous about. You're just going fishing at the end of the day. I mean, yeah. Um, but no, it's just, I think, in my opinion, and I've, I've met a lot of people, I've seen a lot of things. Um, it's a confidence thing. It, it, honest, it honestly is. You know, because I hear a lot about, well, a lot of the moms, you know, 30 to 40, 45, you know, they have kids. They're at home taking care of their kids. That's why they're not tournament competing. That's why they're not out you know, fishing four or five day tournaments, you know, pre-fishing and in tournaments, et cetera. And um, I just think it's a priority. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. That's it. There's just not been a significant number of female anglers that have dedicated their lives. Right. To hardcore fishing. Like it's like less than 1% compared, like it's 99.9 to 0.1%, right. you know, or whatever. I mean, right. it's, maybe not quite that, but it's pretty close to that. Right. So it's, it's just, it's a numbers game really is what. Um, right. And that's why I'm like, you know what? I'll go out and do it. I'll go out and compete one day. One day I'll be up there. I mean, it may not be this year or next year. Maybe it's five years. Maybe it's more. Maybe it is next year. I don't know, but the fish don't care who you are. Yeah. I mean, Melinda Mize won a BFL regional last year and won a brand new Phoenix boat. So she, she is a rock star. She is one of my, uh, my down South, um, awesome ladies. She's good shit. I was super proud to see her win that boat. She deserved it. But, you know, she's an example. She has pretty much been immersed in the fishing industry from a very young age. Her dad was a professional angler and dad. Yeah. He's, had relationships. Most of her relationships have been with semi-serious anglers or tournament anglers Um, outside of a few years where she was a mom, right? She's been like, and once her kids got to a certain age, she's kind of gotten right back into it. So, yeah. Yep. And still, there's just not a lot of females that have spent that much time as she has, to be honest. I know. And you know what? I go to her. I ask her things. I ask her for advice. I ask her opinion. I absolutely do. I, I talk to her not every day, but, um, when the time is needed, I reach out to her. Mm-hmm. She, she's a smart chick. She knows her stuff for sure. And you know, it's pretty, it's an honor to know those, to know those people and for them to share their information and advice with you, you know? And I don't know if, I don't know if guys look at it the same way. Maybe they don't. I do though, you know, sure. I have appreciation for that. I, I see a, a lot of people, you know, in the industry. Yeah. Again, it's, you know, less than 1% is women, but, um, you know, I just take, take that kind of stuff and start my little knowledge bank and appreciate the hell out of it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's just like anything else, right? Like, we appreciate seeing Seth win AOI as a fellow Minnesotan, right? Just like you appreciate, you know, seeing another yeah. female angler excel or, you know, oh, yeah. any, anytime you have some kind of common bond or some kind of, like, connection, you're going to kind of root for those people. So that's just natural. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely is. Um, but, yeah. Um, so challenges, uh, other than, or, you know, things that I've backing in a boat, you know, learn that practice that if it is something you want to do, you know, Mm -hmm. um, even if, you know, you go to a parking lot with, you know, friend, whatever, um, knowledge is always power. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah. So if you guys want to follow along on Dana's new journey i mean a relatively young journey she's got a facebook page i think her instagram is similar dana carlson outdoors so if you guys are interested in following along and and, and learning with her uh that's an option on her social uh, so there's uh there you go little that's plug me. if you guys want to want to follow along that's me uh, that was a that was a cool day that little if you scroll back down rich to the little girl uh that's my youngest daughter right there. She's on the um, on a page, a uh, cover page, nice. uh, down in Texas, cool. North State Texas uh, fishing group with that fish right there. That's pretty cool. She's only four. Yeah, awesome. She's on the right path. <laughs> I just thought that. I thought that was pretty just, cool. Just had although, if you're offended by walleyes and things like that, you might see some of that on her social media. So, I. I am not the girl that says, oh, all those stupid wildlife fish or all them bass. I'm not that girl. I love them all. You can talk crap about the walleyes all you want. It doesn't hurt my feelings. They can talk crap about the bass. doesn't hurt my feelings. I don't care. I love them all. They taste delicious. They just don't fight very well. Yeah. Just pull up that log there and we'll... When you're in Malax, it takes about three turns of the handle to realize you've hooked a walleye instead of a smallmouth. You're like... No, it's not. Yeah. No, he's not fighting. <laughs> he's not fighting. It's like a wet paper bag. <clears throat> uh, so. But they're they're beautiful. You just what it is. <laughs> uh, but I get why everybody loves the bass fishing. I really do. Yeah. And you don't get it until you do it, and you know, kind of immerse yourself in it. Uh, YouTube cause says, "Have you ever done any saltwater fishing?" I have not. Nope. Um, my cousin does live down in Florida. He's been trying to get me down there the last couple of years to go do some saltwater fishing with him um, and catch some, like, I don't know. They He makes fun of our Minnesota fish. He says we use those as bait. He's like, that's not even, that's not <clears throat> even fish. I just never really had too much of a desire. I mean, sure. I, I'm just kind of a, kind of a Midwest girl. Like, I just like fishing my fish. <laughs> I don't need to catch a fish that'll eat me. Yeah, I've done a little bit of offshore fishing where they're, like, trolling around and that kind of stuff. And that, right. I don't really find that interesting. I think if I got to do some, like, snook or redfish inshore, where I was, which is kind of like bass fishing, I think I would get into that. But I haven't done that. So Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I got a couple friends that snook fish. I, call, I follow a couple uh, red tournament or redfish uh, tournament fishermen too. And it does look like a blast. That would be fun. Snook especially be a lot of fun. Um, Cause yeah, like you said, you fish them like bass, you know, 
the further you can, you know, skip that, skip that lure in there, the bigger the fish you find. So is what I've heard at least. Nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think, uh, hopefully people have learned and like, we've broken down some barriers on like getting into clubs, getting into fishing, getting into tournaments is not that hard. Um, if Danny can do it, you can do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if you need a pep talk, just hit me up. Do you get free pep talks? Yes. And it'll involve swear words. So if you're a little bit sensitive, don't hit me up. Um, but if you need a motivation or a pep talk, hit me up. I'll give it to you. There you go. Facebook or Instagram, get your pep talks. Um, if you guys came in late, rewind to the beginning because there was some really good deals from Omnia Fishing that I shared. So you, if you're going to want to rewind and look at that. Um, there's a There should be a pinned link in the chat um, if you missed that. Um, if you guys came late, you can catch the replay on Facebook or YouTube. Also, you can search Hellabass on your favorite podcast app. Um, looks like Austin's ready to, to sign up for a pep talk. So maybe you can give him one. <laughs> um, awesome. Awesome. What do you need to know? <laughs> he's probably bored catching smallmouth out in South Dakota and he's, he's tuned in. Um, I don't think Dana has a YouTube page. I think it's just I'll Facebook. The pep talk. <laughs> um, Felix, where is he? Austin Felix. Uh, well, he's yeah. from lives in Eden Prairie. He's an elite series pro. Yeah. Yeah. He's from Eden Prairie. I know where he's from. I was saying, yeah. where is he? I think, well, he was recently out of Oahe. I don't know where he is now. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Go get um, him. Minnesota. But yeah, so you can search Hellbass in your favorite podcast app, catch the replays. I've got some, some pretty good tournament videos out. If you want to see some sketchy river running in my recent video on YouTube, that's probably worth a watch. So if your boaters didn't take you any like really crazy rides on the river, you can see what you missed. You can watch my last video uh, from practice. So uh, I saw your Karen video. But... <laughs> <laughs> you like... probably, I feel like you would have been less cordial to her than I was. No, no, I don't. No. no, you don't interact. I, I would have never been as nice as you. Yeah, that's what I would say. You'd be trolling away faster because I won't shut up. Yeah, I mean, like, get her away from like before she like jumps and you know, would have been like a brawl on the raft in the water. Like <laughs> she'd be coming after me. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it was fun tonight. Uh, good luck. I'm sure you got a few club tournaments coming up. Uh, so good luck in those. And uh, as always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. All right. Thanks, Rich. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. <laughs>